Welcome to the Phil Nason Show, brought to you by PlayUp Sportsbook. PlayUp welcomes all bettors and offers the best prices on the market. They are also proud to be an official betting partner of the New Jersey Devils. Check them out online or in the App Store and see for yourself why PlayUp is your best bet. You're listening to a pre-recorded edition of the Phil Nason Show. The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play, and please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. We're excited to have you here. Our purpose, our mission, if you will, is to make you a smarter and more profitable sports better. And I have a great show planned for you today. PlayUp Sportsbook presents the Phil Nason Show. Head on over to playup.com, sign up for an account, and find out why PlayUp is always your best bet. My best bet is talking with Michael Noonan every Monday morning. How you doing, man? Good. How are you, Philip? I'm feeling really, really good, man. Really, really good. I'm finally recovered from Vegas. <laughs> and how many days did that take you? One whole week. Then it must have been a fine trip. It was a fantastic trip. All I did really was work, play horses, and work some more. But I had a blast. I got to hang out with Scotty a little bit, and that was a lot of fun because we haven't had much of a chance to do that. So we did that, and I ran into some old friends, and I had a good time, and it was fun. And I came back with more shekels in my pocket than I left with. So that's a good thing. That's awesome. That's a good thing. And then I had a whole week to simmer on these Brian Flores allegations. People wanting to know why I haven't talked about it on the show. I said, I'm, I, I'm weighing my words carefully. I'm waiting for more things to come out, more things did. And I said, I'll just wait and do it with Michael on Monday so he can get in trouble with me. There you go. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> no. And what have you found out, Phil? I found I out that a lot of things are very interesting here. And one of those things that are interesting is the, how do I put this? It's how it affects the sports betting world. That's the only thing I really care about now because that's where I make my living. And I, and I feel like I want to recommend teams and picks and whatever to my customers and to the listeners of this show. But I also want to make sure that the game itself is on the level. And after reading these allegations, I'm not talking about Hugh Jackson, okay? Forget about him. I'm talking about what Brian Flores has accused the Dolphins of, among other things, offering to pay him for losses. I find that deeply troubling, deeply troubling. The fact that the NFL has not even gone out on a limb and said, hey, we, this could be a potentially bad thing. Instead, they decided to focus on the other aspect of the lawsuit and that is job discrimination based on the color of his skin. So that's where we're at. And I was curious what you thought about this before I get us in real trouble. Well, this is going to be the biggest crisis the NFL's ever faced. Oh, yeah. And right now, the NFL lives off of TV money and a lot of it. 
But I would suspect that with all of the different ways that we have of consuming media now, uh, streaming, et cetera, et cetera, that this is probably the last huge deal the NFL will sign. They'll always make money. But I, I think they've hit the high water mark. The, the future of the NFL is sports gambling money. And if you kill that golden goose by introducing doubt into the minds of betters, it's over. It's, it's over. It's they, over. They are going to have to do some radical things to make the rest of us believe that these games are always um, straight up. And uh, we can talk about that, too. But this is, to me, the NFL equivalent of the uh, White Sox scandal of 1919. Yeah. And people were banned for life for that. Oh, yeah. So, and there's going to have to be some sort of similar response, I think, from the NFL on this. Something's got to happen, you know. This, these allegations of uh, being paid to lose were in 2019. Flores remained with the team. That was the first disagreement I have with Coach Flores. And I can state equivocally what I do when something happens like that. And just recently, <laughs> it did. I had some gentleman uh, ref- send me a uh, message on Twitter. Michael saw that message as did several other of my friends. I wanted to make sure that was very clear before I reported it to the ITF Integrity Unit. Wanted some help with match fixing. Those are serious issues. In other words, let's find some investors to fix matches, meaning he would find the money and I would find the player. Let's read between the lines. And I immediately, immediately reported that. These are along the same lines. When someone is paying you to lose on purpose, he's basically fixing a match. This is a federal law against that, the Bribery Act, Sports Bribery Act, and, and this is serious. So my first question, and I'm not pointing any fingers here because all we have really are, is a he said, she said. We'll wait for the court of law to decide how this plays out. But my first question is why didn't he report that immediately? That is big-time issue. If a player is offered money to lose and he doesn't report that, he's going to lose his gig for life. Why wouldn't a coach do the same thing? If, if this turns out to be true, and I'm going to get into a reason why some, so there's some eyebrows that were raised back in 2019 over one game, then he's fixing matches. That's what this means. You're, you should never, ever, under any circumstance, be silent when someone offers you money as an incentive to fix the outcome of a match. And losing on purpose is just what that is, I think, right? Am I wrong? No, I'm right there with you. Where's the integrity here? And now you want to cry sour grapes two years later? And, and I get it. I totally get it. We've talked about this on, the, on this show with Brian Levy, who's the president of Goal Line Sports, who's 
among others, represents Mike Tomlin. He has dozens of African American and people of color on his pay on his uh, role. He represents these guys. So I I can honestly say that we've been involved in that. We want to see more African Americans and people of color given opportunities to compete for a job amongst the elite. And if you get a head coaching job, I don't care if you're Adam Gase or not, you're still at the elite level because there's nowhere else to go but there. No higher up than being a head coach in the National Football League. And we stand behind the principles and the things that we want to see. And one of those is we want to see more people of color given opportunities to interview, to be considered, and ultimately, hopefully, if they're the best person for the job, get hired. But if you're going to sit there and be quiet about something like this, then you don't deserve to coach. You really don't. And that's my personal opinion. I I think you've got a really good argument. Actually, I I never thought about it, to be honest with you. Um, But, yeah, it is is two years later. And I, I... Obviously, he understands the gravity of it. Yep. Because he's bringing it up now. Sure is. Uh, so, yeah, I think you have a valid point there. I, I think that one of the things that uh, is going to have to come out of this, too, is that owner has to go. Oof. And a GM. Yeah, anybody that was involved in this is out of the National Football League. And forever. Forever. Um. Especially considering you did some sleuthing about. I did. And what did you find out? Okay, so what I did, and I didn't tip my hat, but if you you remember, or tip my hand, I should say, if you have been a longtime listener of this show, um, we've had lots and lots of beat writers on this program long before sports betting became the focus of this podcast and of this radio show. At the end of the day, I have a lot of contacts in sports because of my tennis and blah, blah, blah. That being said, I sent, I told Michael what I was up to. Michael's the only one I told because he's the one I was going to do this show with. And I said, I'm looking at the 2019 season because I was wondering if they ever lost a matchup as an under, as a favorite. Well, fortunately for the Dolphins, they were never a favorite that entire season. But what I did is I sent this out to three different beat writers, people I've known a long time and trust, and didn't tell them exactly what I was up to, only that I was going to use the allegations, look at the 2019 season, and see if there were any discrepancies that could raise the eyebrows and change the way the outcome and the outlook of a betting of a betting slip would be. And all three of them mentioned the fifth game of the season at home against Washington. The situation was this. They scored a touchdown, they being the Dolphins. 17, now they're down by one point with six seconds to go. They threw the ball out. Ryan Fitzpatrick was the quarterback. He threw a pass in the flat to Kenyon Drake with six seconds left on a two-point conversion try that failed. 
an extra point ties the game. And a lot of folks were wondering, and I remember watching this game, I wondered why they didn't try to get this thing into overtime. I respected the fact that they wanted to win the game because at that point they were 0-4, I believe. And they were 0-3 at home, and it would have looked good for a win. Of course it would. And and I thought at the time that was pretty ballsy. But now, in light of these allegations, you got to start to wonder, was this the one he said, you know what, we can't afford to win? Because that play had no shot of winning, getting into the end zone. Not a single shot. Drake was surrounded by four defenders, and he wouldn't have scored even if he did catch the ball. But he did drop the ball. So who's on the take here? Maybe maybe Kenyon Drake got paid by the owner. You don't know. Because they have given us the reason to doubt them, in my opinion. Well, and were they not tanking for Tua? <laughs> that was a big bust. It, the reality is, is it was Tua in the disintegrating relationship between him and Flores because Flores didn't want him at, in the first place that led to his dismissal. Um, I don't think it was because he was African-American. I think the reality was he didn't get along with the general manager's choice for quarterback. And that was the end of the day. But... Now we have all these things, and maybe this is a great thing. Maybe this is a watershed moment for the NFL, who prides itself, first and foremost, on the integrity of the game, and yet fails to address something that could give the NFL a black eye for the next 100 years. That should be their first concern. Yeah, it should be their first concern, and instead everybody's doing um, uh, this... uh, performance of uh, attempting to get some racial equality in hiring. Uh, You've got Miami turned around real fast and hired um, Montgomery from San Francisco, Mm -hmm. who identifies himself as a mixed race, I guess. Um, The Texans desperately want to hire Josh McCown. A, a white backup quarterback with absolutely no experience in coaching, but now they're turning to Lovey Smith. And we know how long Lovey Smith will last. He'll last as long as David Culley, who actually did a really good job in Texas did. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're putting on this show of, okay, we're dealing with the problem. No, you guys haven't even addressed the problem yet. No. Because right now, every time there is a two-point conversion at the end of the game, uh, a fourth down, you know, do you go for it or not in the fourth quarter? What play do you call? All of that stuff is going to be under incredible scrutiny because we won't know if you're tanking or not. Exactly. Do we have to check what your draft position is first? Is that something else we have to do when we handicap these NFL games? look for their draft position, and maybe they want to uh, lose a game so they can get two spots up. You know, it's got to be overhauled, and where it starts is at that draft. There is no excuse. There, there's no reason for this. And my plan would be simple. Let's say the Miami Dolphins have the number one pick in the draft in 2022. 
Then in 2023, they become the 30th draft or the last draft. Last, They get the last pick in the first round. And it goes in a revolving cycle where it's more fair, and plus it doesn't incentivize losing on purpose. There should never be a reward for intentional for being terrible. There should never be an award for being mediocre. This is the F and NFL. Okay. This is the league that tells us every single day how they care about their integrity. And yet they want to make sure that this don't come out. So they just pretend to ignore it. Oh, we're going to investigate it. Bull crap. Bull crap. Bull crap. Yeah, I don't think they. I don't think they seem. At least from their public pronouncements thus far, they don't seem to understand what a big deal this is. No. Oh. Oh, I'm sure they do. They do. But they don't want it to uh, take away from the the cause celeb, if you will, and that would be hire more minorities as head coaches. And again, one has nothing to do with the other. Okay. Nothing to do with the other. One, it's all about the integrity of the game. That's a federal crime to bribe someone to lose a sporting event. That's a federal crime, first of all. If that's true, then the owner of the Miami Dolphins should be stripped of his franchise. That ain't going to happen. So now what do you have? Now what you have are people like me and others who may have figured this out sooner than others have and see what a black eye this is. And now we have to be worried every single time we place a bet. Are they going to do it? Are they on the up and up? I mean, it's got to, something's going to have to happen. And I think what's going to happen is the feds are going to step in in this and deal with it because Roger Goodall is afraid to. Because he knows the practice of tanking occurs and his own draft incentivizes it pay for mediocrity no freaking way why would i be, why do you reward somebody in sports for being mediocre this is the nfl's version of the participation medal you know what would happen in england let's use the epl for an example the teams who lose get relegated and i know there's no other league they can bring teams up from and that's fine. Then you take the top 20 NFL teams and call it the National Football League, and the 10 teams or 12 teams or whatever that are left, you play in your own league. The last two teams of that 20 who finished dead last, the last two, they get relegated, and the team, the two teams who win at the level below get raised up. Revolve the draft from and change it every year so no one gets an advantage. And you go on about your business. And the fans will believe you and trust you. But if you do nothing, the fans are not going to trust you. The betters are not going to put money on the table that these owners profit from and with their partnerships with these sports books. It's just simple common sense. And I don't understand why that wasn't addressed first. If I'm Roger Goodell, the first thing I'm going to say is, you know what? We've already got a plan for the one thing, and we're pushing that plan. There is no reason you shouldn't be interviewing and taking these young minority coaches seriously. They've earned a right to be there. 
They've earned the right to be interviewed and to be in the running for one of these jobs. But this, this goes to your integrity, NFL. The NFL's integrity is in question, and they don't say anything. It's a, it's a, it's a secondary thing. Am I going too far with this? No. Um, but you, you know how the NFL is. They're going to not do a thing until after the Super Bowl. Right, of course. They don't want anything to detract from that. And I think that I think what's going to end up happening is they're going to have to burn down some structures. And it's going to start with the ownership. Uh, there's no way that that owner can stay in place. It just isn't. And how they do this is going to have to show that they're going to have to be extreme enough to show uh, that they understand the gravity of the situation. We'll see if they do or not. That's interesting. You know what else it opens the door for? Lawsuits. If you remember the Daily Fantasy people, the players wanted to sue the Houston Astros and the Red Sox because of the things that they got caught doing. And this is going to come back and bite people in the nose, especially if it comes out that what Brian Flores is saying is true and that he was offered money to lose. That means if you bet on that game in 2019, that Washington game, you could make a case that he lost that one on purpose. Because this is three years later, and those beat writers didn't forget that one for a second. And the, the fast time of response, Michael, they didn't have to think about it because it was already in their mind. That yeah. play right there. It, and John Harbaugh, when he did that this year, he went for the win. His players, please, coach, let us go for the win. He wasn't trying to do anything but win. That's a different matter, but now people are going to scrutinize that play too. Was John Harbaugh on the take? You see, you have to wonder now, and it's unfair. And this could have all been prevented if Brian Flores would have done what the NFL expects its players to do, and that is this. Report that as soon as you're offered that money. Report that. If you're not, you're going to be in big trouble if it comes out that you were offered, didn't say anything, and, and somehow, for whatever reason, cost your team the game or lost the game. I mean, this is serious business. This goes back to your integrity. And I understand Brian Flores, you know, didn't want to rock the boat. But if it was true that he turned this money down, he wasn't going to be there much longer anyway. That owner doesn't respect him. He doesn't respect his abilities. If he did, he wouldn't even have offered that opportunity. And the fact that he did shows that he knew he could. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I'm fired up about this because it happened to me a couple weeks ago and, and I was disappointed. I was saddened by that. I almost closed my Twitter down because of that. Well, if you have no integrity, I don't care if it's in sports or in life, then you, you have nothing. And if you put the whole story together, you can make a real case for this. Uh, Ross is known to be desperate to win a Super Bowl before he dies, um, beyond how most owners are. Uh, he's been in the running for Deshaun Watson. Uh, 
and who the hell would hire him on at this point? Only someone desperate. Only someone desperate. You know, get them twenty-two court cases solved, and we got you, buddy. Come on. Um, and you put it together with the fact that Flores has done a really good job with that team. Uh, yes. There, there was no reason to fire Brian Flores. Um, you've got that rag arm quarterback that you tanked <laughs> for. Uh, it's amazing to me. And we talked about it during the season. What did they do? They went seven in a row or something mm-hmm. with a guy that can't throw harder than me. You know, <laughs> come on now. That's good coaching. Uh, so, so there's a, there's a case to be made, but you make a case too, that, that Flores isn't going to come out of the smell like a rose either. I think he knows that and he doesn't care. He say he's standing up for other minority coaches and, and rightly so. But you know what, if you really wanted to, uh, do that, what better way to demonstrate that by stepping up ASAP as soon as the offer was made and say, I just quit and here's why. Because this guy wants to pay me to lose. And I have more integrity than that. And I don't give a rip about my career or my job. And I want people to know that, yeah, you can trust black coaches and minority and people of color coaches. You can trust us with your organization because I just threw away seven digits because I have integrity. Instead, he's throwing away his entire coaching career and he ain't coming out of this very well either no no and that's you know that's a that's a part of it i hadn't considered yet to be honest um but you know there this is an issue i cannot believe that i was really shocked when he got fired that would surprise me too but if you looked the last game you could see that the body language between tua and Flores, they didn't even look at he. Tua never even looked at him when he was trying to speak to him. So, and, and the rumor that I heard, again from very credible sources, was that Tua basically said, "F you, I don't want to play for you anymore." And he went up to the front office, and that's what got him because you know that's Greer's boy up there. And at the end of the day. You tanked for a freaking noodle arm quarterback that's not going to lead you anywhere but a winning season, but never going to lead you anywhere else because the kid can't throw the ball deep. And everyone knows that. Brian Flores knew that beforehand, and he told you that, and you didn't like it. That's what I heard. So anyway, that's an issue we'll be talking about all week and, and until this is resolved because we need this. We as sports bettors need the confidence when we place a bet that these two teams are on the up and up. And right now, I can't say that about the Miami Dolphins. I can't say that at all about the Miami Dolphins. Forget about Hugh Jackson and his lollipop stuff. I couldn't care less about him. This is way after the fact. And more importantly, he doesn't have any proof. Otherwise, he wouldn't be walking down half the things he said already. End of the day is... This is going to shape the way the NFL is run forever. If they get it wrong, you better forget about the TV money and all that because who wants to bet on a fixed sport unless you know who, who, who is uh, the winning team? Yeah, this, this isn't wrestling. <laughs> let's, 
Or MMA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll be talking about MMA this week, though. My former tennis student is a reco- re- recovers the MMA, and we're going to dip our feet into that waters only for him, though. But at the end of the day, this is an issue. Now we get to have some more fun because Michael is a lifelong Vikings fan. I wear yes. a Vikings hat every Monday in his honor. Thank you. They have a new head coach. Yeah. No head coaching experience. Yeah, let's talk about this for a second. Yes. It's the floor is yours, partner. So the Minnesota Vikings decided that they wanted to begin a new era, which really meant they just wanted to get rid of the old era. Evidently, there were large problems between Mike Zimmer and the quarterback, Kirk Cousins, who he never wanted. It's kind of reminiscent of the Brian Flores Tua show. They didn't want him. They got him anyway. And there was tension between the general manager and the coach. So they decided they were going to start this new collaborative era of Viking football where everybody gets together and shares information, shares responsibility, shares, share, share, and we're all going to get along together and we're going to hold hands all the way to the Super Bowl. And so they hired a uh, general manager from San Francisco who is known for this, known for analytics. And then all of a sudden they get a chance to hire Jim Harbaugh. And Jim Harbaugh actually thinks that he's going to get the job. He flies to Minnesota. And the Minnesota Vikings decide that he's too authoritarian. He's not going to fit into our new collaborative way of doing things. So we're going to go hire the offensive coordinator who's never called to play in a game yet, Kevin O'Connell. And I just want to say this about that. It's not going to work in any business and especially in sports. Hierarchy is necessary. There has to be a boss. There has to be someone who is accountable. There has to be a guy who at the end of the day has the say about the roster, about draft, about all of the things that go into creating a football team. Somebody occasionally has to be a bad guy and say, no, we're not going to do that. And if you're going to set up a situation where everybody contributes, you are setting yourself up for failure because not everybody brings the same stuff to the table. And we live in this era now where everybody's an expert. If you think you, if you can talk about it, then your expertise is the same as someone who has gotten a degree in the matter or has many, many years of experience in the matter. And our whole culture is going to hell in a handbasket. It was a mistake not to hire Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh only does one thing, especially in the National Football League, and that is he wins. And that's why we're fans. We want to win. Isn't that true, Phil? 
Man, it is true, but don't bring up this Harbaugh thing because I'm a Michigan fan. That will hurt my heart. <laughs> but what you say is exactly true. And why wouldn't you hire a guy who's experienced, who wins? Look, Jim Jim Harbaugh won with Colin Kaepernick, for goodness sakes. Colin here, Kaepernick. You know what he did was he was in a safe place. He had Alex Smith. And he developed a young quarterback and was a play away from winning the Super Bowl. Against his own brother, too. That was great. That was a great Super Bowl. But, yes, he developed that kid. And after Harpaw stopped coaching him, what happened to Colin Kaepernick exactly? We, we live in, a, in this culture now where someone who has the um, – Guts, there, I'll clean it up, to make hard decisions and hard choices and plow forward toward a goal is is considered old hat, unacceptable. And if, if, you, want, if you want to have this wonderful kumbaya uh, in, in your organization, you're going to be mediocre forever. Somebody has to be the one in charge, and, and they have to be easily identifiable as being the one in charge. And they have to have a vision and a purpose and a drive that they're able to share with other people, and everybody comes along for the ride. But somebody has to drive that train. And I can't think of anybody off the top of my head right now who would be better to drive that train than Jim Harbaugh. You know, Chicago Bears fans feel the same way. You know, Jim Harbaugh made his name in the NFL with the Bears, and yet he was hardly even mentioned. So I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because these franchises are so, uh, how do I put this? You know, they're instructed, and it's a pity that you have to be told to interview the very best people. It's a pity that you're told who to hire based on the color of their skin. Because I can assure you that that's more racist than anything you can do. But at the end of the day, Jim Harbaugh, of the candidates they mentioned, was the best one in my opinion. But maybe not for them. Maybe Kirk Cousins didn't want that. Who knows? But at the end of the day, you have this kid, Kevin O'Connell. He's a kid. He's 36. He's from the Sean McVay coaching tree, if you will. Apparently, there's one of those now. And uh, yeah. They have a new general manager, and we're going to have to wait and see. But at least the new general manager, hopefully anyway, had some say in this. And here's the other thing we're going to find out real quick, is, is what kind of leash does Kevin O'Connell have? What, what is his, what, how many years are they going to give him to turn things, to turn things around? That's a pretty good team anyway. But how many years will he get? Because, you know, when Denver hired Vance Joseph, he didn't get but a year and a half, if you remember. He didn't have any chance to turn that around. So hopefully they're giving him an opportunity. Even though we disagree with the hire, at least they give him an opportunity. But I agree with you. This is not an easy spot to be in because Minnesota is a storied franchise. And their fans want to win. And well, the they want to be in playoff games, and they want to have something to say. 
in January other than, well, we have to wait until next year. I think that that's fair. And we'll have to wait to see. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who they draft. Getting back to the, the issue of uh, the, the racial disparity in coaching, two months ago on this program, I told you who I wanted the next coach of the Vikings to be, and that was Jim Caldwell. Yep. Same reason I wanted Harbaugh. Jim, I, I mean, uh, Caldwell went to the playoffs with the Detroit freaking Lions. Think about that. <laughs> and he got fired. I know, huh? I had never understood that one, by the way, but, uh, you know. This guy knew what he was doing, respected by everybody in the building, um, finally got that woebegone team to the playoffs, and then they cut him loose. Uh and, and there's no reason why this guy isn't in the league. But if you want to, you know, start over again, get, get the ship right with someone who knows how to lead but not offensively, like Zimmer, I mean, who turned off everybody in the building after, you know, a couple of years. Right. Uh, then you go get a Jim Caldwell who's eminently qualified to do what you want. And now we, you have an unknown in the general manager seat. You've got an unknown uh, in the coaching seat. And you're right. We'll just have to see where they go from here. They should draft a quarterback is what they ought to do. Well, they should do a lot of things. But good luck to Mr. O'Connell. It's not a negative against him in any way, shape, or form. It's just two fans talking about who they would have preferred to see. And Michael did say at least two months ago, long before when we did our coaches on the hot seat, he said, you yeah. know, he said, Jim Caldwell, you know, and, and the truth is I'm a Lions fan and, and I agree with that call because that's an amazing coach right there who, for whatever reason, is no longer around. And, and that's a pity. And that is a pity. You know, what's a pity, too, is uh, turning on the football yesterday and it's a Pro Bowl and they're playing two hand touch and they're doing all kinds of things. And I'm curious just to say maybe that's something that the NFL should investigate on handling a little differently is my opinion. When I was a kid, the pro bowl mattered. Yeah. Um, and you know, Lord knows I haven't been a kid in a very long time, uh, but it mattered and it mattered whether your person, you know, you know, Tarkenton was my guy and he, you know, he'd go to the pro bowl. Uh, it mattered if they got, voted in or if they didn't make him matter in hell if they didn't and they played the game to win uh Deion sanders came out this morning and said the same thing oh yeah uh i don't even watch that nonsense i didn't watch it i didn't turn it on don't care um i will watch the super bowl oh, of course we will <laughs> yes yeah let's talk about that forget about the pro bowl yeah, but I, I do remember, you know, the biggest incentive for them, Lem Barney said this when I was a kid. He said, the free trip to Hawaii was worth it. He goes, I got to bring my wife, and everything was great. He said, what better well, and, way of celebrating the end of the season by being able to take your wife to, to Hawaii for free? And everything was free. And we went out there and earned our money, but they played it after the Super Bowl, if you remember. 
and he gave the players a little time to recuperate from their long and punishing seasons. It really was well, something back then, wasn't it? It wasn't just that. They got paid for the game. And back then, when Lem Barney played, even in Tarkenton's era, uh, a lot of these players had second jobs during during the offseason. Oh, I know. And so that extra money made a difference to them. I mean, people don't think about it now, but uh, most of the, the players that were just your rank-and-file guys all had second jobs during the offseason. Oh, yeah. Most to make it insurance or construction or whatever, yeah. Beer representatives. Yeah, yeah, car, car, car salesmen. And so the money made a difference to them. Obviously, now that's not the case. But, uh, yeah, they've got to do something with that nonsense. Who I, I can't imagine turning that on. No, and I can't imagine it being any fun, really, for the players. It's an honor to be selected to the Pro Bowl, but it's not a real game. And no. you're changing the way things are. Right? Why don't you just have one of those big fan fests where the players sit in booths, maybe they go out and play a little touch football with the kids and have a little fun and show the other side of these guys, you know, not the... <laughs> neck breakers and all these things and the, and the big hitters and the killers, if you will. So the other side of them, and like, like the one we saw earlier this week with the Philadelphia Eagles player, I can't remember his name, who found out that this young lady's father had passed away and she didn't have anyone to take her to the daddy-daughter dance, so he did. You know, we need more stories like that, and they could use that Pro Bowl weekend for just that. Highlight some of these other things. Let the players be more human. Let them interact more with the kids. The kids are always going to be your future, always. And it's a good time to start that. There's no bad time to start that. But I don't expect the NFL to overhaul that one either because, you know, you need a little more thought and you need to be thoughtful about these things. And I don't think Roger Goodell is thoughtful about much. That's just my opinion. But we do have the Super Bowl. And that's Sunday. And, uh... I will be watching it, Michael. Now, have you started breaking down all the numbers for the Super Bowl yet? No, I'm going to do the same. I'm keeping this the same way I keep it during the regular season in the playoffs. I'll begin on Thursday, and I'll make my pick on Saturday. My customers have one more game out of me, and I'm going to make sure they get it. With that being said, I mean, these teams are not unfamiliar to us. I think the, the weekend before, the conference championship weekend was stellar. It was fantastic. And if that was anything even remotely close to what happens on Sunday, or if what happens on Sunday is anything remotely close to what happened in the conference championship weekend, I think we're in for a damn good Super Bowl. I think I think possibly we, it may be. Uh, I'm I, I have an early pick. Okay. Because I'm not breaking down any numbers. Fair enough. I'm going with the Rams and your MVP's Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald for MVP. Yep. Hey, why not? I think that's a great pick. Look, we don't do too many prop bets here, but you know something, we're going to this week. We're going to be talking about this game all week long, and there's only so much you can say, I suppose. 
But that's a nice pick. I I think I I honestly I don't know right now who's go, who I'm going to take. But I like taking underdogs. I give you that. And this Burrow kid, he's got ice water in his veins. Did you see that press conference? He was wearing that piece of jewelry. <laughs> that that's the kind of thing that's ballsy. You know, that's that's the kind of kid you can actually look up to and say, hey, that's not a bad kid. You know, he's honest. He said, I make too much money for this to be fake. That was great. You know, but I don't know if his defense is, is going to be able to shut down the Rams. But I think the Rams can shut down Joe Burrow, if that makes sense. Exactly. I, and I think Aaron Donald's key to that. Uh, I'm rooting for Burrow. I'm rooting for the Bengals. I, I just can't root for the Rams. It's just not in me. But if there's one thing I've learned from you is you have to put your heart aside. <laughs> Do you know think as they are? I think so. I, I think so. You know, I, I think that that's a lot of points for this game, too. 48 and a half, that's quite a bit. I, I also think that this home field advantage is kind of overblown in this situation. I don't know if it's going to be that big a deal. I mean, it is a Super Bowl. I don't think Cincinnati. Not that big a deal Rams. I mean, <laughs> the Rams don't really have a home field advantage. That's true. And the the ticket distribution will be such – I. I, I would guess that that is going to be a very Cincinnati crowd. I don't know how well Cincinnati travels, but I, I suspect that that's going to be, there's going to be a lot of Bengals fans there. I would think so. Or brand new Bengals fans. Well, yeah. And that's, uh, one of the benefits of having a good young quarterback is all of a sudden you've got brand new fans and you're selling brand new merchandise to them. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think the noise level will be on the side of the Bengals. Well, I think so too. I, I, I would, I can only imagine because you know, this is a team Cincinnati who really didn't buy their way into this. They didn't make splashy off season moves. Unlike or in season, like, the Rams did, you know, the Rams went after uh, Vaughn and they went after Matthew Stafford because they wanted to win a championship. Cincinnati drafted their team because they felt like those kids could win a championship. And thus far, they haven't really let anyone down. But just think about Joe Burrow for a second. He sits his butt down at Ohio State for four years, graduates, Transfers as a fifth-year senior. Doesn't even hardly play at Ohio State. Then he goes to LSU, leads them to a national championship. He won a Heisman in that same year. Two years later, won ACL torn, and, and this kid is in the Super Bowl. That's a beautiful yeah. story, man, that you can market because this is a marketable kid, too. Yeah, he's and he's just really easy to root for. Oh yeah, and uh, I I will be on uh, on Sunday. Uh, I won't be heartbroken if Matthew Stafford finally gets to win. Um, 
but I suspect that uh, the Rams are going to eke this one out. That's a fair call. Great stuff today, man. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're going to talk football all see all summer long, every Monday. Michael and I love talking football. And there's probably going to be a zillion things we can talk about. But you can find Michael on Twitter at Phoenix Preacher. And if you're so inclined and want to check out how the world of Christianity is doing through the lens of a legit, warm, thoughtful pastor, that's phoenixpreacher.com. And that's going to wrap it up for today's show. Head on over to playup.com. Playup Sportsbook. They have all kinds of odds, boosts. They got everything going for them over there. They're also very open and transparent about the rollover bonuses, about sign-up bonuses and what you have to do. And they're also very upfront about what your limits are, no matter who you are. Head on over to playup.com. Sign up for an account and find out why. Playup is always your best bets. All picks made on the Phil Nason Show are tracked at betstamp.app. Head on over there, sign up for an account, and track the Phil Nason Show's picks. And let's not forget the Wolfline Sports Trading Newsletter. It's a one-of-a-kind thing. We are publishing each and every day over at cashwithflash.com. We're offering daily pricing as well as monthly pricing. So head on over to cashwithflash.com for the Wolfline Sports Trading Newsletter. Until next time, you all take care of yourselves, be good, and most importantly... Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you. Thanks for listening to The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. And please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page.